Welcome to the Red Dice Diaries RPG podcast with John and Hannah. Hi. And once again, we're going to be looking at another random monster because it's friend or foe Friday. Then we're going to be talking a little bit about that monster, how it's sort of represented in mythology and in D&D, and how you can maybe use it a little bit in your games to get a little bit of extra oomph out of it. Okay, so we're looking in the back of the classic AD&D 2nd edition our monster manual. We're going to roll to determine what letter we're going to use for the monsters. So Hannah, if you want to roll the dice to see what we get. That's an 11 and a 10. That is, I believe, K. Yeah, and what's the 10th monster? Kraken. Lovely, it looks like we're in for some piratical hijinks this week. Okay, so Hannah, what does the AD&D 2nd Ed Monster Manual say about the dreaded Kraken? So, it's actually the giant squid. Oh, right, okay, yeah. The Kraken is like the superior variety, as we've discussed previously when we've been doing this. Yeah, I mean, if you've not listened to our previous episodes where we've been talking about different monsters from the AD&D Monster Manual... We've discussed the fact that in a lot of these cases, you get like two different sets of stats. One's like your normal monster, the other's a slightly beefed up version. So you're saying mm-hmm. that like there's a giant squid and then the Kraken is like the boosted version, yeah? Yeah, and both of them are very much animals like real world animals, specifically described as being huge variety of the normally peaceful tentacled cephalopod. So they're more like, like a natural creature, just like a big version, yeah? Yeah, uh, very specifically. Um, It gives you quite a lot of details of how to use them in Kraken-to-ship combat. Makes sense. Um, Or or I suppose I should say giant squid-to-ship combat. Although somewhat tellingly, the description of the Kraken is actually longer than the description of the giant squid, even though it's listed under giant squid. Oh, right, okay, I see so. Um, So obviously even then... It's like mythology's like quite notable. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot but of the old D&D stuff lent on mythology. Didn't being it? that this is before that Pirates of the Caribbean movie with the Kraken in, obviously it hadn't got the pop culture behind it that it has now. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Krakens have intelligence rating of genius or higher, mm. uh, but they do seem to be, again, specifically... Oh, no, no. Uh, they, they do like to keep and breed human slaves to serve and feed them. So there you go, cult of the Kraken. Yeah, yeah. I, I think there was a sort of Kraken cult thing established fairly early on in D&D, if I remember correctly. Do you have any other abilities? or? They've got ink clouds, they've got tentacles that they can drag ships with and obviously pull smaller ships underwater with. Yeah. Uh, they've got a big beak that's pretty brutal. I've got to say, I quite like the artwork, which shows like the squid under the waterline, mm-hmm. and you can see the tentacles sort of coming up around like what looks like a little like Viking ship. Yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, again, this is that second ed artwork style where there's no background to the image. Yeah, it's specifically the animal. Very much like an animal guidebook. Yeah, you sort of get the idea or... that they've mainly only put the ship in for like, a size reference. Um, so the latest edition. Okay, so fifth edition. I, I hear what you're saying out there, like role play in public. You're like, 
Yeah, a giant squid that can pull down boats, like, sounds really cool, and it's got human slaves and a cult. That sounds amazing. But how can we, like, make this more grimdark and more metal and take it to the nth degree? Well, don't you worry about it. Fifth edition has you covered here. Because far from being just a giant squid that's quite intelligent and has some cultists, in 5th edition Monster Manual, they are described as leviathans of legend, fierce creatures that were created by the gods for some massive war in a time before time. And then after the war was finished, the Krakens were like, we will never be slaves again, and threw off servitude somehow, even though, like, the gods were like their bosses but ignoring that they're basically sank to the bottom of the oceans where they become these sort of high challenge rating I and mean, we're talking like challenge rating 23 so that's worth 50,000 xp for anyone who's counting out there they've become these evil underwater masterminds where they're described in the text as some krakens being virtual gods with cults and minions spread across the sea and the land some are allied with the evil princes of elemental water and stuff like that they have many and various abilities including like your standard multi-attack your tentacles your beak etc they can also throw objects an incredible distance they can magically create bolts of lightning and summon storms they can set out their ink clouds stuff like that but also inside the lair of a kraken on an initiative count of 20 they can take a layer action to cause one of the following effects. They can make a strong current where each creature needs to succeed on a save or they're pulled along in the current. Creatures in the water within 60 feet of the Kraken have vulnerability for lightning damage until the next initiative count of 20. Or they can charge the very water in their lair with electricity, which obviously causes damage. And if that's not enough, if that's not enough for this ridiculous high challenge rating creature, the very region of your campaign world where the kraken dwells is warped and twisted by the creature's blasphemous presence so within the sort of region where its lair is based the kraken can alter the weather at will in a six mile radius which is identical to the control weather spell water elementals just randomly coalesce within six miles of the lair they can't leave the water and they've got nafal intelligence and charisma but you know Water elementals are still pretty dangerous. Also, aquatic creatures within six miles of the lair that have an intelligence score of two or lower are charmed by the kraken and are particularly aggressive towards intruders. They act like guard dogs and stuff like that. When the kraken dies, all of these regional effects fade immediately. So it seems like, like quite a lot of these creatures that have made it into 5th edition, they've tried to sort of like really ramp up the power level of it and like as we've said in previous episodes with some other creatures, they very much link them into the whole idea of like gods and deities and like divine warfare. It's not mm -hmm. just a giant squid anymore. It's some sort of living weapon made in the dawn of time by the gods sort of thing, which I've got to admit to me personally seems a bit over the top. I was happy with just the giant squid slash octopus, but you know i can well, understand if you want a high challenge rating thing as we said it it was sort of noted that it was a possibility in the second ed book and then that sort of like three lines of text has been like extrapolated yeah and ramped up and as i say i think that's in a big part because it's got a much bigger place in pop culture now yeah quite possibly and i mean i think as well if you if you look back at some of the old sort of Ray Harryhausen style films, they've got like Krakens in. 
they tended to be sort of like set as like gods by the gods and stuff like that. Well, yeah, it's so, Clash of the Titans. Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I wonder if they've sort of... Like say, I'm sure part of it is due to the fact that like Krakens are now perceived as like this cool thing because they've been in Pirates of the Caribbean and whatever. But I wonder if also they've sort of drawn a little bit on those sort of style of films because everyone's seen at least one of those Clash of the Titans style films. Well, that's it. I think because um, there is actually a real-world creature that's like a giant squid... Yes, that's yeah. called the Kraken Squid, and I think the AD and D one is sort of based on that, with that sort of maybe like element of like cryptozoology solidarity of oh, if the Kraken's real, then some of the other monsters could be real, and that's a nice idea when you're a fourteen-year-old gamer and it's the nineteen eighties. Yeah, I, I, but now we've got this like we, we know we're using this like incredible monstrous creature and it should be a big thing in your game yeah so let's make it a big thing in your game yeah i don't think it's it's telling that you mention there's a real creature behind this and i've been looking into this a little bit and the kraken is first mentioned in a 13th century icelandic saga involving two sea monsters and one of them is known as the the sea mist and the other is known as the heatherback and obviously there's icelandic words for them but i can't pronounce them the sea mist is believed to be a reference to the kraken and there's numerous legends about that like the fact there was only two of these monsters so they couldn't reproduce and then if there was loads of them they'd depopulate the world of food because they ate so much and stuff like that um the kraken was also mentioned in a first edition of Systema Naturoi in 735, which is uh, a sort of taxonomic uh, classification of living organisms by a Swedish botanist, physician, zoologist called Carolus Linnaeus. I'm sure I probably pronounced that wrong. And he classified it as a cephalopod, so obviously like squids, mm-hmm. octopuses, things like that. And it, it sort of disappeared from later editions because it was sort of like, oh, you know, is it a myth? Is it an actual creature? Etc. But obviously, it's been around for a lot of time. And with, as we know, sort of the, the bodies of sea creatures and like large sea creatures mm-hmm. have washed up on many various beaches throughout history. And whenever they do, inevitably, the, there's always some like legend that pops up about what sort of sea creature it might be before it's classified. And I believe one, I forget the exact year, but I believe one of the the first sort of things that led them to think, oh, there are gigantic species of squid that we don't know anything about, was when they found dead whales with like wounds from the from having fought with these Indeed, squids on the side. And I of know them. that there was quite a bit of debate as to whether the whale had been quite young when it had fought with a very large squid and then it had grown up and the wounds had got bigger with the whale, yes. or whether the wounds had been done to an adult whale and the squid was that big. Exactly, yeah. So there's a lot of potential room for doubt and speculation in these cases. Now, one interesting thing I found in the research is although we tend to think about the Kraken as like a giant squid or maybe an octopus or something like that, in Swedish mythology from the sort of 1780s, it's also been described as being like crab-like, so like a more sort of armoured shell creature. And I think if you're looking at the the illustration in the fifth edition monster manual, it com- it combines elements of those. It's got tentacles, but it's also got a fanged maw. It looks like it's a bit armoured. So it's like they've mm-hmm. taken lots of inspiration from different bits and jammed them together. 
Oh, a bit like the Leviathan in Disney's Atlantis, with its like big claws and its sort of vaguely lobstery, but yeah, and sort of a bit sharky as well. Yeah, we've we've pulled up a picture of that, and as you say, that's got like crab claws on it, armor plating, but it's got like a fish's tail, and there's numerous tendrils and tentacles coming off it. So rather like the fifth edition artwork, the mm. the people who made that, the animators and the artists, have obviously looked at lots of different sea creatures and then combined them into this sort of amalgamated mm-hmm. creature. And I think that's what is most useful about the sort of like the Krakens and like Yulaviathans and things like that. It's not really important what specific creature they are. The idea is that there's something that's familiar to us, but it's like blown up into this massive version. It, it's huge. It's directly underneath the boat that you're in exactly yeah and you don't know whether it's coming for you or not and or I mean, you do know because it is coming for you and i mean let's face it the the ocean is quite unnerving because beyond like the few meters down that we're familiar with it is an entirely different world i mean we're only with like modern technology we're only just starting to explore the depths of the mm-hmm. oceans there's still so much down there we don't understand so the idea of something huge and predatory lurking in the darkness like just below our feet and we don't even know it exists but that it could one day rise up to the surface and sort of drag us down into the depths that's the real sort of terrifying thing about it to my mind it's like obviously it's not a, a kraken but you take the film jaws the scary thing is not the fact that like oh shit there's a shark in the water because we know there's sharks in the water the scary thing is you see the person swimming and they're like oh everything's great but then it comes up like in that famous sort of image directly from underneath them before they've got a chance to work out what's going on it's got you and that's Mm -hmm. it you're gone so i think that's that's the best way you can use it in a game because if you just go like oh there's a giant like squid attacking your boat all right yeah that's scary in terms of like what we're going to do about it but it doesn't really encompass the sort of dread which these creatures embody so i think if you are going to use them you should have like a bit of um, a bit of sort of foretelling first you know maybe you see some indistinct shapes moving under the water Obviously, you can use the weather effects and such like. What was that movie that we watched not long ago that had the sort of almost Kraken-like creature in? Was it? And it made everybody ill on the boat. Was it called Sea Fever? I don't, it, might, it might have been called Cabin Fever. I don't remember. I think it was called Sea Fever. Yeah. No, you are absolutely correct, sweetie. It was called Sea Fever, yeah. And, and in that, it was um, a giant sort of organism they came into contact with that leaked this sort of virus-like substance out, mm-hmm. like, as a deterrent. And the, the the threat from that was the creature was really just used to, like, confine them all to the boat, really, wasn't it? It didn't... The creature didn't directly kill anybody. I mean, its excretions did, but it wasn't a case of, like, it popped up like a monster and grabbed anybody and, like, dragged them down or anything. But it's still... I was meaning that that particular story, they managed to get this sort of vibe of, like the people being completely helpless to this enormous thing that's coming for them and the choices that they're having to make to like sacrifice the boat to try and get away and use the boat as bait and all that sort of stuff i mean i I think to be honest if you if you're trying to get across the real sort of fear of like a kraken or something like that the best way to use them in in my opinion is not to treat them like a monster almost to treat them like terrain or like like mm-hmm. you like you treat like a typhoon or some like monumental weather system 
it's like because if unless you've got like ridiculous high level spells if you're like caught in the middle of like a hurricane or something you can't fight that hurricane with a sword there's nothing you can do to stop it it's all about how you prepare how you weather that storm how you survive it and i think the same should be true of the of the kraken it when it's attacking your ship you can't do anything about it even if you injure it a few times the creature doesn't care it's massive you you've just like poked it with a needle as far as it's concerned so it's more about how do you weather the attack? Will your ship survive? If the ship doesn't, can you make it to the lifeboat? Can you get to an island? Can you escape? Are you clinging on to like bits of waters like you're drifting through the seas? That's the real sort of scary thing and one what I think is one of the best ways of using them. Um, with you mentioning that, uh, particularly you saying, oh, treat it like a hurricane. Yep. That leads me to sort of think, oh yeah, I suppose like the actual myth of the Kraken probably comes from some natural disasters or other. Well, yeah, I mean, if... and I'm having a quick look in the book of the mythologies to see what that's got to say about them. Sea monster which pulled ships to the sea bottom. So maybe like a whirlpool more... or something. Said to be one and a half miles in circumference, which go. leads me to believe that hurricane, yeah, quite possibly. But... But like you say, you might you might be absolutely right, Sweet. I mean, there's so many superstitions and legends about the sea because it's very changeable. It's certainly back in the day before we had modern scientific instruments, it was very difficult to predict. And even now with technology, we can't do it 100%. So there were lots of like strange superstitions. And you can quite imagine if someone saw a boat get pulled down by a whirlpool or something and breaking apart, and you can hear people like shouting on board and there's nothing you can do. You could quite readily believe that some monster from the deep had grabbed it and pulled it down. I know, obviously, in Clash of the Titans... Yeah. The Kraken's like a servant of Poseidon, isn't it? I believe so. I'm just going to check. Well, I can't is remember. that just from Clash of the Titans, or is that actual Greek myth? Obviously, we're talking about the original Clash of the Titans, not the shoddy remake. I'd forgotten that even exists. And that's that's exactly how it should be treated. <laughs> okay, so according to the the Wikipedia page on the plot of it, King Acrisius of Argos imprisoned his daughter. Danae, jealous of her beauty, when the god Zeus impregnated her, Acrisius banished his daughter and his newborn grandson Perseus to sea in a wooden chest. In retribution, Zeus killed Acrisius and ordered Poseidon, the god of the sea, to release the last of the Titans, a gigantic sea monster called the Kraken, to destroy Argos. So, as we know so from mythology, yeah, we know from mythology oh. the Titans were the precursors to the gods. The gods banished them when they became the rulers of Mount Olympus. So, in Clash of the Titans, the nineteen eighty one film, the ti- the Kraken was like an imprisoned remnant of the time before the gods. This sort of primordial time, and it was released by the gods as like an instrument of their vengeance and retribution. Now, I'm not entirely sure if that's accurate according to sort of Greek myths and whatever. In fact, I suspect it's not, but it makes for a pretty good story, to be honest. (laughs) Let's take a look. And and there we go. Yeah, according to to online, there is no actual Kraken in Greek mythology, which is news to me. I always assumed it was Greek. Because of the Clash of the Titans so link. there you go, it does come from the Nordic stories. Yeah, Norse and Scandinavian and sort of Swedish and Icelandic mythology. And 
obviously at some point whoever wrote Clash of the Titans incorporated it into the great <laughs> mythology not? and why would you not I mean let's face it if it's underwater Poseidon's in charge of it that easy to do and it's a big impressive monster so I can see why they did that and in a way I think that's quite quite apt for D&D because D&D like magpies monsters from different places doesn't it particularly when your main setting for your adventure is on a ship yeah it's always nice to throw in an extra sea monster here and there yeah so have you got anything else you want to say about the Kraken? Release the Kraken! And I think on that bombshell we're going to end the episode here. We hope you've enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch with us, you can leave us a voicemail using SpeakPipe. There'll be a link in the description of the show. Or you can send us an email to oddrpgpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for your correspondence. We do appreciate it. Until we see you next time, take care, stay safe, and happy gaming. Bye. Take care.